0: Welcome, everyone, to the B2B Marketing Perspectives podcast. I'm Steve McDonald, your host. And today, we have an incredible conversation. We're going to talk about the importance of content, but then very quickly get into what are the secrets that CMOs should be tapping into in terms of how do I plan, how do I create and execute on my marketing plan? Whoa, I just stumbled over that. I'm going to start over again. All right, see, so no pressure. If you want to start over again, you can do it too. All right, here we go. (sighs) Welcome, everybody, to the B2B Marketing Perspectives podcast. I'm Steve McDonald, your host. And today we have on Elizabeth Irvine. And Elizabeth is a expert. She not only worked at Gartner... And she did all the marketing for the marketing advisory team at Gartner. She's the VP of marketing at Market Muse. She's also the VP over customer success. She's led BDR teams. So Elizabeth has a lot of insights. And we're going to talk about the secrets that, as a head of marketing or CMO, what are the secrets to content planning? We're going to talk about how important content planning is, but what are the untapped resources that we actually have at our disposal to create incredibly, very thought-provoking, conversation-starting content? How is that for an intro, Elizabeth? Maybe <laughs> Before we get specifically into your insights, maybe expand just a little bit on that background and tell us a little bit more about Market Muse and what you're doing.
1: Yeah, sure. I started at Market Muse about five years ago the first full-time marketing hire, and we were starting to educate the industry about content optimization. That's where we broke into the industry. Um, we had a tool that could assess quality, and that wasn't something that was prevalent then. It's more prevalent now, which is great, um, and built up the marketing engine from there. I led the BDR team um, at Market MarketMuse and, um, and assisted at Gartner as well. And more recently have moved into the customer marketing function and taking, taking over the customer success team, which has really opened my eyes to everything that I was missing before <laughs> about our customers <laughs> and even how I would train um, customer success team members, because um, you always have someone a training point with marketing when someone comes on. And I would completely change how I approach that, too, after being in this in this function. But how we think about content. Um, and our content strategy after being in both of those roles and and talking to those teams day-to-day has really opened my eyes into some of those untapped opportunities that you mentioned.
0: Well, let's start out just by hearing a little bit about your thoughts on how important content is, and if I actually ask you to rate the importance of content on a scale of 1 to 10 – with one, not important at all to the growth and success of the company, to 10, it's actually vital to the growth and success of the company. How would you rate it and why?
1: Definitely very high. Uh, I it's I, I want to say 10 um, or at least a, a very high nine because the way that buyers research now, the way that they evaluate their problem, figure out how to solve their problem, figure out who can help them solve their problem. All is surrounded by content. And if you are not in the forefront of their search or the conversations that they have with other people, which is informed also by content, then you're already you're already behind. So I think content um, content is vital to helping search engine search engines understand what you're an expert on helping to educate your prospects and your customers in your perspective and your abilities and your expertise as to whether or not you are the right company to, to go with. Um, So, yeah, I think it's, I think it's crucial.
0: Yeah. It's, you know, in this day and age, you know, buyers are, B2B buyers are 70% through their process in research before they ever want to even talk to anybody inside of a company. (laughs) So they're deciding on who they want to talk to based on the consumption of all that content. So if you're not a part of that and you're not getting earlier in that buyer process by creating content that's really worthy enough of them to want to consume as they're making their decisions, then you're putting your company at a great disadvantage. Mm -hmm. So with that, let's talk about some of these untapped hidden resources that you're seeing that most companies aren't tapping into. And, and is it because marketing is is not involved in enough different departments or have resources coming? Like, tell us, just give us a little bit of the context
1: for that. Absolutely. I felt that we were not siloed at Market Muse. Um, I felt that we had good collaboration. There was a lot of information sharing. Um and we worked we worked hard we worked hard on that because we did identify where things were siloed and we worked to break those down when i moved into leading the cs team it, and listening to onboarding calls and answering customer emails and um, helping to build the account reviews all 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 of the nitty gritty i realized how much i was missing out on <laughs> on the marketing side because we would typically ask what are customers asking who would be great for a case study um, are there any you know testimonials you know the typical stuff that you would want to use to help add credibility to your site or to marketing materials. Um, but what I found after being in these calls is there's so much that can be used from those conversations that stays in those conversations because your day is full of conversations and your brain can only, Process that for a certain amount of time. And when you're in a meeting that's outside of that and someone's asking you, what are people asking? It's sort of, it's not top of mind. It's sort of, it's hard to pull that out um, without being in the moment. And luckily we have things like call recordings that have gotten very, um, very advanced. Gong recently, we use we use Gong and they recently released an update and their outline and action item view is incredible. So that's making that a lot easier. But even if that's accessible and really clear to customer facing teams, it's not always easy for marketers to get access to, um, depending on the setup, depending on access to those programs. Um, And so we are looking at that kind of content, A, to to see what people are asking that we're not answering. And sometimes more importantly, how are they phrasing it? Are they, are we too, sometimes we we as team members are so close to our product, there's internal nomenclature and really advanced terminology that sometimes spills out into our content that for more early stage buyers, they, they're disconnected to because it's, it's too, it's too complicated. It's too, um, it's too far away from what they're facing right now. Um, So that has helped us reevaluate the language that we're using to speak with our customers um to speak with our audience to when we're speaking at conferences and in every capacity we're really looking at um are the way that they're asking questions and the way that they're phrasing things are we are we aligned are we speaking the same language
0: i think that's one of the most important things that you just said you said a lot of important things there but Understanding the two things is understanding and allowing me to bubble up and become you know visible to marketing to use a the conversations themselves and actual the conversation what what transpired there but the language that was used right mm-hmm. if we're not talking through marketing in the language that they can understand. And we love acronyms in the world of B2B, right? <laughs> <I> mean, <Ew. laughs> we, we gotta, we just gotta admit it, right? You know, raise our hands. And but that's not the way, you know, B2B buyers are consumers of our content. They are consumers of our products. And making it simple and easy and putting it into their language and aligning with the questions and things that they have, there's a tremendous opportunity there. So are you literally recommending like Gong with your, your customer service team? Or like, how would you, you know, I mean, maybe that's not a bad idea, right? Yeah. But how do you get that? So I understand how we can do that with our sales teams. And we have to make that a priority. How do we get that same level of information coming back from say customer success, because that's hugely important as you're pointing out here.
1: You mean without having a call recording? Right. Yeah. And that's, that's hard. I think, um, I think if I were to do that today without having something like Gong to do that, because that is, um, that is a a game changer in terms of Mm. being able to act on that. I would probably have some sort of daily debrief just for customer questions mm. and, mm. and not worry about action items, not worry about, cause all of that's going to happen. Anyway, we have tasks in Salesforce. We have the meeting follow-ups that we have to do. Um, but really thinking about, um, what they were asking and the problems that they had, because we, there are commonalities across, even if there's a difference in, um, what what their goals are, how experienced they are. Cause we have a range of, of that as well. We have very new people in the role who are trying to, they're wearing multiple hats right. and we have people who've been doing SEO and content strategy for two decades and they're using, they're all using the same platform but they're aiming to do the same thing. And so quite the questions that come up can be aggregated into a story and it's just making sure that you don't lose those after the meeting ends. Um, and it's easy to focus on those action items, but, um, I would probably, I would probably start there. It would probably change because that's a lot, but, um, I take a lot of notes and try to just make sure I don't, make sure I don't lose them and figure out what story do we want to tell with this to go to market to a larger group.
0: And what I love about that is if you make these daily meetings or twice a week or whatever you do, these debriefs then customer success knows, oh, I've got a meeting coming up. There's an additional expectation on me and my job. So now when they're in the middle of those conversations, instead of just kind of thinking, oh, that was interesting they said that, right? But actually writing it down, right? Archiving it so that you are preparing for the briefing meeting. And then the team gets to benefit from hearing what the other team members are saying, and I have it's... to believe mm-hmm. they're going to become better customer success agents as a result as well. Mm-hmm. So there's a benefit not only in content, but a benefit in in their role and the ability for them to do their job.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Now, in our previous conversations, um, you had talked about that that's going to give you a lot of really good product marketing content. Mm-hmm. Hugely mm-hmm. important, right? But there is a whole entire goal of I have to have content that sparks new conversations with prospects, prospects that are in the pipeline, cold prospects, prospects that are in the pipeline and get earlier, like we're saying in, in this call here, earlier into the conversation before they've already decided what they're gonna do. And now they wanna talk to somebody in the organization. So that's more thought leadership content. That's the content that establishes the brand, the expertise, the trust, right? And the individual salespeople as trusted advisors too. Mm -hmm. So what are some ways, and you've got a really unique approach at this from market views that you bubble up those hidden sources or those secrets to tap into what should you be doing to create your plan around thought leadership and, and where should you be pointed?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I have a couple of things I can share there. So it is, it is hard not to talk about market views because We, at a high level, assess your website and can tell you where you're showing Google that you're an expert and where you're not. And sometimes where you're showing you're an expert doesn't match where you want to focus on, maybe because of historical content, previous content plans. So MarketMuse can tell you those strengths and weaknesses, but also how hard it will be for you to pursue a topic and how much content you'll need to create. So... You can, it makes deciding where to focus your time a lot easier. Um, so, from a general content planning perspective, tools like MarketMuse can help you do that. One way that I found with customer conversations, um, which I knew we could do when I was when I was just in marketing, I was like, "There's so much customer data. There's got to be something that we can do here." And I would try to get it from other teams, but it was hard to get that prioritized because there's so much that we're trying to do. We're still a small company. Um, and now that I'm having these conversations, I can see those data points a lot cl- more clearly. And we used one we used one data point that had to do with content efficiency, which is something that content teams and marketers can understand if you're reaching a certain threshold of efficiency. Um, you know that you're putting the right effort into things, or you need to pivot. And on average, we found that 10% of content is efficient, which Mm. means there's a lot of companies producing content that isn't really serving the overall business goal, or like I said before, where the strengths and weaknesses are on the site. Um, And so we ended up creating thought leadership content, conference presentations, webinars around that talking about, well, what does that mean? And what do you, how do you identify how to resolve that? It comes back to how you think about how to construct a content plan and choose the topics that you write about. So in that one data point has been, we've been able to use that in a lot of different ways. And so, so you don't need a lot of data. You don't need to create a whole big massive report, which is great if you can, but one data point that speaks to your audience in a way that it makes them, like you said, thought provoking, makes them think of like, oh, this is a different way of thinking about my content um, can be really meaningful.
0: Yeah, and it's, we talked about this before too, is that not only just in a SaaS company, but any company these days in the day and age of digital transformation, we all have customer data and the customer has just their data And Mm -hmm. you have data across the entire customer base. So there's absolutely learning insights, benchmarks, all kinds of things that is unique to you, right? So the best thought leadership content is a content that is thought-provoking, helps, educates, trains, moves the business forward for your buyers and their understanding and comes from you. Mm -hmm. So I love that. But the idea here is that on overall importance of content, we know how to get now better at product marketing. And we're really good to begin with talking about our babies products, right? <laughs> we can do that really well, but getting really good at thought leadership content is hard. Mm-hmm. I talk to CMOs all the time. It's one of the most difficult things in their job because of the limited amount of subject matter expertise across the industry as thought leaders that resides in the company. Because you got to do it on a regular basis. So I love that a market muse helps you identify your strengths, your gaps, kind of your plan. Then you can do your research. You can go out and you can get additional outside subject matter experts to help validate your point of view. You can use your own customer data. These are all ways to tap into those resources to do one of the most difficult jobs, which is create that thought leadership content.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, if you had a way to say, "All right, Steve, we've talked about a lot here, what's the main takeaway for the audience from everything that we've said, what would you say that is?
1: Oh, that's hard um I think I think the main takeaway would be to think outside of your typical content strategy content planning process. Um, mm-hmm. And prioritize customers in that first bubble outside of that. Join those customer calls if you don't have a recording tool. Join them and just listen, and you you'll learn a lot, even if it's one or two a week. Um, as an additional source of of how to influence that content strategy, because um, I I there's still a lot of teams that that we talk to where. There's sometimes it's top down topic topics that make the primary focus, or it's brainstorming, um, and so using data that you have about your site and using your customers to to really guide that strategy, I think would be would be the primary takeaway for me. I love it,
0: Elizabeth. Thank you so much for coming on today and sharing with us. Um, all kinds of ideas. I hope everybody was taking notes because I was. (laughs) If we wanted to have uh, the ability for people to get a hold of you, if they had questions or things like that, would providing a link uh, to your LinkedIn profile, would that be good?
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: All right. Well, with that, thank you again for coming on. We really appreciate your time.
1: Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It was fun.